welcome back, everyone. After a long hiatus, it's been a uh, it's been a busy April uh, for me for for the rest of the the guests that we like to bring on the the podcast. But we last time we were here, we got to recap the Masters, talk all about it, and we're bringing back on more golf talk. We have Nate back on the podcast, and we're going to be able to dive in because it's PGA Championship week. So we're going to go full blown deep dive straight into Southern Hills into everything about the course. Um, who we like going into the week, uh, maybe even talk a little bit about attending an event. Uh, rumor is we might have a, a man on the ground at the event, try and sneak in some media questions if he's uh, able to. And then, uh, yeah, we're, we're just going to be able to talk all about the storyline. So I, I'm pumped for this one. It's good to be back on the pod. And so with, without further ado, we'll go ahead and, and jump right in. But uh, first things first, Nate, how are we doing today, man? Doing great, doing great. Yeah, happy to be back here continuing golf talk. You know, for golf fans, this is just the best time of year. You know, the majors are off and running. It's important golf. The biggest names are playing, and you would be correct. I'm going to be boots on the ground in Tulsa, Oklahoma this weekend for Southern Hills for this PGA Championship, and couldn't be more excited. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll be there Saturday and Sunday, and so – yeah, after the cut, hopefully Tiger makes the cut. We'll dive into that in a little bit. And, um, you know, maybe partake in some $19 Michelob Ultras as well while we're there. It's truly unbelievable. I saw those prices came out yesterday or the day before, and I was – it is absurd. You're going to pay $15 for a Kona Big Wave, which I'm assuming those are going to be the 12-ounce cans because Kona's not a bad beer, but if you start looking at the prices of what the other beers are, I would have to assume those are the 12 ounces because you're talking – it's – $19 for a Michelob Ultra. I am praying for everyone that's going that that is a 25 ounce. The big boys, you get the hockey games and baseball games to at least make that $19 a little bit more bearable, but it still blows my mind. $19 for a beer. I mean, I, I'm sorry for your pocketbook, man. Yeah, it'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that could be a good thing, you know, just be more focused on the golf and just maybe stick with the $6 waters, you know, maybe yeah. more so this weekend. So, you know, that, that pocket flask is going to be pretty popular. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, that's for sure. And maybe a few less Baba buoys, but um, I mean, that's smart. I mean, supply demand, you know, it's just supply demand at its, at its core right there. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a pretty wild uh, weather weekend. You know, you, you get into the, Oklahoma this time of year and it, it can really go a lot of different directions um in, in the Midwest in May I mean you get the absolute volatility of weather I would say and and you're going to kind of get it here as you look at it on on Thursday you're talking about on a high of 92 so it's going to be a nice scorching day Friday you got some rain coming in and that's going to bring in a cold front with it because you look at Saturday it's gonna be cloudy high of 63 low right around 50 um, and Sunday is going to be 72. I know the wind's going to be up on Thursday and Friday. You're talking 15 to 20 mile an hour, uh, 15 on Thursday. You're talking 20 mile an hour sustained winds on Friday. Uh, so that, that late Thursday, early Friday crowd or wave, I, I would say probably is going to get a little bit of the raw end of the deal. I, I we'll see how bad it ends up being with rain, um, and, and wind, but yeah, it looks like at least that late early crowd probably is going to have it about the worst when it comes to the wind and weather. Right. And I think it just so happens that, you know, Rory, Tiger, and Jordan, I think 
they're going off early Thursday, late Friday. And so I think the tournament, you know, the PGA of America, they know what they're doing with their pairings and when they're sending, you know, their big names. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it'll be when I'm there to be, yeah, like you said, high sixties, low seventies, um, could be great from a spectator standpoint. Hopefully the rain holds off on the weekend and yeah, we can just see some really good golf. Is there going to be anybody else watching another group on the golf course with <laughs> Rory Spieth? I mean, uh, you have, that is the three most transcendent golf groups or players to create a golf gallery right now in golf. In terms of if those people are out there, you're going to have the largest gallery. And then they're going to put all three of those people together. They're going to be lined up 20 people deep the whole way around the course on those on those guys. They're not going to lose a single ball. I can tell you that. They're probably not going to go that far offline because there's those guys aren't going to hit it past 20 people deep. So they're going to be hitting spectators if they had an errant drive and it's going to bounce and land right where it, where it hit them. And uh, yeah, it's truly wild to just go ahead and say, screw it. Three biggest people. Let's just throw them all together in one big group. Yeah. I mean, there's some, and there's some other marquee groups too, like the top three in the world who, uh, Rom, um, Mark Howler and Scheffler. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. They're in a group too. And I mean, it's just, they, yeah, they know what they're doing. Um, I've, I've, I do feel bad for maybe a couple PGA professionals that, you know, qualified for the PGA championship and nobody's going to watch them. They're going to feel like they're at their home club, you know, playing on a Monday while members are off, you know, just, <laughs> but uh, Hey, it, it's um, yeah, it's, it's going to be electric. I mean, anytime tigers in the field, it, it's just different. And then you have the the golden boy, Jordan Spieth. I know he's not in Texas, but just a little bit North of Oklahoma, there's going to be a lot of Spieth crowds out there. And then, Rory's Rory, you know, super likable. Everybody loves him. So, uh, yeah, golf is in great hands, and this weekend is going to be a great example of that. Let's uh, let's let's dive into a little bit Southern Hills because yeah, the P- with the PGA, I mean, obviously the Masters is so unique that it's the same course every year. So we know what we're talking about. We know what we're getting ourselves into. And then you look at the other three majors, and it's going to rotate around. And the British Open, it's a preset rotation that they they go around with. So you start getting to know the courses really well. And and the US Open and the PGA, they bounce around to courses that they've been to before, but you don't see these courses every year on a year-to-year schedule. And then it, it can be quite a while before you see it in, in a large event in a major. And so uh, that's what you have here with Southern Hills. Um, it's an old course established way back in 1935. It, it's been redone a few times. Um, most recently by uh, Gil Haynes uh, has done the most recent restoration a few years ago, but this course is, it's a par according to the, the member scorecard, it's a par 71 for every major tournament um, of, for at least for the men's, they've all played them at par seventies. I'm assuming that the PGA is also going to be played at a par 70. Uh, it, it can run and tip you out somewhere around 7,500. It's not, it doesn't play as long uh, of, is 7,500 sounds because you start looking at it. There's only one par four over 500 yards. The par threes really eat you up. You've got a 244, a 220, a 226, 230. I mean, the, the par threes are kind of where it eats you up. And then you got long par fives, but the, the actual par fours, there's a handful between 400 and 450. You got four of them, I think below 400 yards. There's going to be a lot of scoring opportunities for people that drive it all sorts of different distances. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially with this championship happening in May now, since it switched from late August, you know, you don't have that Oklahoma heat. You know, I think um, 
when this when the championship was at Southern Hills in 07, Tiger Woods, he, Tiger when he won, he said it was the hottest tournament he's ever played. You know, and you know, and that that late August heat, and you know, now that it's moved in May, of course, it's not going to be running as hot, you know, as fast, maybe just a little bit more gettable. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see come the weekend what, um, yeah, how tough of a test it is. Since as you said, it's kind of an, an unknown. There's been a few big tournaments there, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, the uh, there's a lot of sports reporters that also claim that that's one of the hottest sporting events they've ever been to, especially that Sunday. It was running well over 100 degrees out there. There's not a lot of trees on this golf course. You are just aching out there. Um, the Bermuda Rough won't be up as much as we would normally see in an August event, but this tournament, it, it hosted the Senior PGA in 2021. It had a USAM in 2009 um, that bet on one. Tiger won 2007 there at the, at the PGA. Um, Retief Goosen pulled out a U.S. Open there in 2001. Um, Tom Lehman, er, for two years in a row, had the Tour Championship. Tom Lehman, Billy Mayfair, Nick Price won a PGA way back in 94. Um, Raymond Floyd won a, a PGA in 82. So it, it's hosted its ha- a handful of PGA championships. Steve Stockton won one in 70 um, and a couple of U.S. Opens. But it's been a long time since we've really seen this course in, in a rotation for a big-scale event. So I, I'm excited. And I think that's that kind of is one of the nice things about these these major tournaments because the rest of the PGA Tour is so fixed in terms of the schedule. You see the same courses every year. It's really fun for a true golf fan to get to see something new, um, see a new design you, where you don't always know exactly what's coming up. Maybe in the hole, you don't you're not sitting there picturing four holes ahead as a viewer saying, "Oh, well, you got a birdie chance here, and you got to make a par here." You just kind of get to enjoy the round as it as it happens. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it'll be it'll be great. And I mean, I know you got that 7,500, 7,600 yard length, no matter where they put the tees and stretch it out. Um, but with that being the par 70, I think we'll see scores um, not as low as some PGA championships in the past. I know I think Spieth mentioned that in his interview that the score is going to be higher than the winning score will be higher than most PGA championships. You know, um, maybe more. I, I'm not going to say quite the U.S. Open levels, you know, um, where you get five, six, seven under, you got a good shot of winning it, but maybe, you know, 10, 11, 12 under, I, I don't know. We'll see with that's, that's part of the unknown of, of with the course. I know in 07, when they, when Tiger won, there's five people on par at the end of the tournament, you know, and he wanted at seven or eight under. Um, but uh, that's, that's just, yeah, I think that's part of the fun. As you've said, who knows winning score could be 20 under somebody could get hot. We don't know, but um, we can just do our best to predict and, have podcasts and spew out our takes for the time being. Exactly. We could be absolutely wrong because uh, nobody cares <laughs> out here in the podcast world. I mean, it's a, it's a wide course off the tee. It's pretty forgiving off the tee um, from at least what most people are talking about. A lot of players are talking about this week. It's going to be a course where with it, especially with how winning it's going to be on, on Thursday and Friday and the way that they're cutting the greens, they're cutting a lot, a lot of it all down to fairway around the greens. There's going to be a lot of runoffs. These greens are really undulating. So you're going to miss greens and you're going to have to get really creative around the greens and you're going to have to have a good short game to get yourself up and down. There's like 85 bunkers, I think, across the property on 18 holes. Um, You're inevitably going to find yourself in these bunkers. You're going to have to make sure that you're not short setting yourself off these big swales. You're not short setting yourself in a bunker and landing yourself on a downslope trying to get to a pin. So you're going to have to miss in the right spots and inevitably you're going to have to have a good wedge if you to be able to get up and down around this course. So um, I, I'm excited. And obviously when we get back next week, we'll be able to get a full, a full recap and know really what, you know, what you see as boots on the ground there, but 
um, it's going to be exciting. So, uh, you want to uh, do you want to tackle the elephant in the room or the big cat? Which one? <laughs> oh, let's. I mean, let's start out positive with the big cat. You know, it was, right. it was so fun to see him. You know, all of the private plane tracking. You know, the up in these couple weeks leading up. You know, he was at Southern Hills a couple weeks ago. Um, playing a practice round, testing out the leg, I'm sure. And, you know, all of our social media you see when he arrived this past week. And, you know, it's just a golf, the single most transcendent athlete in relation to the rest of his sport ever, you know, of, of all time, you know, um, no matter what sport. And yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's just not even talking about his game. You know, I, I expect him to play well. I mean, he, he seemed more confident in his interview he's going to be asked that question um, in the week leading up to the tournament, every tournament he plays in from here on out of saying, Tiger, do you think you can win this week? And he's always going to, and he's always going to say yes, because that's who he is. And I think he believes it, but his tone was different when he said yes, this week versus in Augusta, you know, I think Augusta was just a good test for his leg. And at the end, you can see how hobbled he was walking off 18 on Sunday, just kind of getting beat up that final round, the tough conditions. And, uh, and this week, I mean, We'll see. I, I don't know what to expect. I want, my heart says I hope he's in contention on Sunday so I can watch Tiger and, you know, compete for a major title. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know his game at this point, we can kind of expect what we're going to – we kind of know what to expect. Um, expect him to be sharp. Expect him to hit it well. Um, and just hope he can make some putts, which was the weird thing that let him down at Augusta. Yeah, I mean, you have to think, uh, and at least especially what he's saying, that he said his leg's stronger. Um, you would think with giving yourself another a month and a half of rehab that your leg would then be stronger, um, which he claims it is. Uh, in terms of the actual ball striking, it's still there. He's hitting, he's registering ball speeds in the mid-180s. The tour average is around 170, so he's clearly above average in his ball striking. It's that I'm, I'm absolutely not worried about. Um, he clearly likes the course. He won here, so he knows how to get his way around this course. I don't think he's got the the 63 and 64 in the bag that he may have had the last time in 2007. But, you know, you, you look at it and it's like, okay, well, you expect the game to be there. It's just more of the stamina. And I had no reason at the Masters, we assumed he was probably going to buy himself a few shots um, with winning uh, or just because of how well he knows the Masters, I should say. And the fact that some of the people you're playing with, you get the amateurs in the field, you get the you get the older past champions in the field, so you didn't have to beat as many people to make a cut. PGA is a much bigger field. Once again, you get some PGA professionals that you can assume that Tiger's probably going to beat. There's no amateurs in the field, but you should get a handful of those. Uh, I have no reason to think that Tiger's going to miss the cut this week. Uh, I would firmly expect him to be able to play well enough to grind his way around for a couple rounds. I, I don't know if he's going to put himself in contention. Maybe, maybe it's a lot like the masters. You look at him on the, on Friday afternoon and he might be four or five shots back and people are feeling pretty great about it. But I think as you go around the, the weekend, you probably get to Sunday and he's, he's looking at a T30 T40 type week. Yep. I agree. And I mean, yeah, there's some similarities between, like you said, but he's one here, one at Augusta, you know, past champions, PJ pros, that helped him and his odds to make the cut. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I think we're just excited. I mean, as a golf fan, how can you not be excited? Um, 
to see Tiger tee it up. It's just, it's the best. And um, I think everybody, the part of the excitement is everybody knows that um, we don't know how many tournaments he has left in him, like in the grand scheme of things, like his career, he's 46, you know, who knows if he's going to win again, but I think that hope that we have in, in hoping that he does is what brings us back every time. Um, and I uh, don't want to take any of these last tournaments, major tournaments that he participates in for granted. I want to say that I'm going to say the grouping helps him. I think, I think getting in a, in a young energetic group of Rory and, and Spieth and that gallery is going to be so energized and buzzed. I think it's going to help Tiger. I think it's going to maybe a little bit of extra pep in a step. And if he was playing with, with even a, like a John Rahm or, or somebody that maybe, well, maybe not John Rahm, but somebody like a DJ, someone that a little bit more reserved in their, um, energy and they don't bring out the same fire and, and Cantley. If he was with like DJ and Cantley, it's not, I don't think it brings out the same effect as him playing with Rory and Spieth. And so I, I think that it actually helps Tiger in, in the pairing. And, and plus, clearly he's used to the big galleries. The other guys are used to the big galleries. I don't think it affects either of them. I, I just think that it does help Tiger in the, in the grand scheme. Yeah, and totally. And I mean, as we saw, um, you know, the age old story, like when, when your playing partners are playing good it can elevate your game too. And the two arguably two of the hottest players in the world right now are Spieth and Rory. And so just, just that in of itself from a golf standpoint um, has to be good mojo for Tiger heading into Thursday and Friday rounds as well. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised if when we get to our, uh, our picks to win if if we didn't did an appearance from, from one, if not both of those, I don't know. We'll have to see. I know we're, I know where my head's at. I'm curious to see where your head's at when we get there, but you know, you talk about how great it is having Tiger and how awesome it is and how much, how excited we are to have him back and what it means to have him at an event. And then you go literally on the complete 180, you flip the other side of the coin and you have the defending champion and Phil Mickelson who pulled off, I would say top, three top five most surprising and just outrageous results I've ever seen in a golf tournament of him winning a major at 50 years old him coming out of absolute nowhere to, to compete last year at Kiowa. You've been playing so bad, goes out there and gets the job done. And he fights off Brooks Kepka. He fights off all these other great players over the weekend and, and wins. And he's not going to be here this weekend or this week. He, he's withdrew from the tournament. We still have not seen Phil in a long time. There's the whole Saudi golf league uh, dealings that he's feeling the ill effects of in the, in the fallback from, but I, I have to also think at this point, it's clear he's not suspended uh, because he was allowed to enter into the field. And so with him pulling out so late, I just in my head, I have to wonder is it that he doesn't want to face the music and he doesn't want to face the questions this week? Or is there an injury or some other thing going on? Because he, at this point, I think it's a little bit bizarre that we haven't seen him, seen him back out there. We, we see him miss Augusta and maybe you kind of understood it. Cause that's what a lot of the fire was coming down, but I, it's been a month and a half. I, I felt like this was really the, the perfect opportunity for him to, to come back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's one of the quickest and I think most extreme fall, falls from grace that we've seen. Um, you know, a high being as high as he was so recently and then a low being almost like, you know, the Pete Rose treatment or the, you know, the Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens treatment in baseball, like just being excommunicated, like from the sport, you know, but even more so because everybody's like, you're not going to have many people right now that are on Phil's side openly, you know, and so 
uh, it's just so hard. And I, I think Phil, his downfall forever, forever has been um, kind of a smug, arrogant, I know more than you, I'm better than you kind of mindset. I mean, that's, the, and that's just Phil in a likable way. And I think for the first time, he knows he can't have the upper hand here. There's no way he can outwit a reporter or um, shrug this off. And so I think you're onto something there, Kylie, where he just, just doesn't want to face the media music this week. And I mean, I don't care when he returns, if he ever returns. I don't know. Is that crazy to say? Like, it plays in golf tournament again. You know, the questions are going to come. And so I think he's aware of that. And uh, I don't know. It's just it feels wrong with him not there, the defending champ, you know, the fourth time ever um, that uh, defending major champ has, or a major champ hasn't defended. And this is the first time where it's been like non-injury related. And so, um, yeah, it's just so sad, you know, but it's, uh, he said what he said and it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, uh, some, who knows where, yeah, how with the report with, um, yeah, the interview with the reporter, how it got out, if he thought it was off the record, whatever. Um, he, he knows he was in the wrong, but yeah, I mean, you hear it all week from the players. He should be there, um, but understand why he's not. Yeah, I mean, you said it. It's never really happened before. I think the only other time this is like maybe ever happened was a Bobby Jones way back when, and it was like his boat couldn't get there in time to, to get him to a tournament. Like this is the type of thing that you're – you're dealing with for a non-injury defending champion. And it, it really sucks. I mean, um, Phil was obviously always kind of in Tiger's shadow a little bit, but it was, you know, he was the Robin to, to Batman. Um, but everyone loved Phil and he's one of the most known people in the last 20 years of golf, 30 years of golf. And it really sucks to not see him at this tournament and in a place that the fans, I think he would have been greeted quite well i don't think people would have been out there booing him or anything um it's just it's those media questions i just yeah i can't help but think that there's something else there other than other than the golf other than the whole saudi golf league um which has been dragged over the coals far too much that i don't think that we need to dive into what the saudi golf league is and and the impacts of it but it's it's just an extremely unfortunate situation um it it really sucks that that we're in this position now um yeah we've been doing this for four months and it's now finally come to the culmination that it's like we don't get felt pga the place that he bragged about for eight months being openly bragging on social media mm-hmm. that hey he's i am the defending champion um it's just yeah you look at the you look at tiger tiger looking at the game of golf the man didn't try to go out there and change golf. That wasn't his goal when he got into golf. He just, he transcended the sport because of who he is and how good he was and what it brought to the game. And you look at Phil and it looks like Phil is trying to try to change it. Uh, he is, he is forcing the change. And it, it's just it's interesting. If you look at it from the two perspectives of that way of the two most transcendent people for 30 years and, you got the one person who didn't try to do it and caused the most change. And you got the other person who's trying to change it and it's causing him all the problems. Yeah. And I mean, Phil, he probably had a lot of um, ground to stand on, you know, like the, there are things that the PJ tour can do better. You know, there are like a competing league, you know, on paper, like it makes sense that, that a rival league would, that has a lot of money backing it 
that it could compete with the PGA Tour. Absolutely. I mean, golf is in a great spot right now. You know, you have millions of people watching celebrities play golf. You know, the, the match, the thing, a brainchild from Phil himself. You know, it's um, it's in a great spot. And I think that's the hardest thing. And just a couple comments, you know, whether they're taken out of context, they sound bad no matter what, you know, whatever context you're looking through them at. Like, I don't, he has no excuse there. And um, just kind of as all of his credibility gets thrown out the window. But um, yeah, I think uh, Jack Nicholas was interviewed this week, you know, in big news saying that he was kind of offered the Greg Norman kind of position from the Saudis. He was saying what they threw they were going to offer him a hundred, a hundred million or something like that. And at this point in Jack's life, he doesn't need anything. He that's probably pocket change to him at this point with all of his investments and ventures. Um, but uh, at the end of the article, there's just a little line of his advice to Phil. It was an ESPN article. Um, his advice to Phil was to just, just be patient. The world is a very forgiving place and to just be patient. And uh and so as I, as I got done earlier processing and on right on here and saying, you know, Phil's he ever going to play again? I think that, that, that article just reminded me of, you know, we've forgiven Tiger for countless things, you know, as, as he's transcended the game from, you know, scandal and, you know, 08, 09 and injuries and, you know, <laughs> DUIs and different things, you know, that we don't like talk about, Tiger, you know, hush, 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 because he's the best, you know, I think Phil, there's, there's a little bit of that to Phil too. And I hope as he does, if he does come back around, you know, he'll get hammered with questions. And then at some point, um, yeah, I hope we end up seeing the old Phil again as, as if he just has a career on the champions tour, course design, whatever he has. He's, I mean, he's good for the game of golf. He's essential for the game of golf. And I just hope we get him back. I could not agree with you more. And I think that you, you left it at a, at a really good point. So um, we've kind of talked about the preview and got ourselves into the storylines. So, um, let's, let's kind of dive ourselves right into the, uh, you know, who we've got coming into the, the picks to win this week. All right, Nate. So do you want to go first? Or you want me to, to take the first crack at, so for, for our viewers out there that maybe haven't listened to us on uh, some previous previews, we're going to give you, uh, our three picks to win. We're going to give you a top name, somebody who's coming in, um, that, that we would say is a pretty high favorite coming into the week we're going to get tell you what, who we think is not going to win and uh yeah so we'll, we'll just kind of go from there um we'll, i'll let you take the first first stab you're the guest let the guest go first give me uh give me your first name of uh who you think gets the job done this week in in southern hills all right first name starting out going justin thomas Justin Thomas heard in an interview that uh, he had this past week or it was before last week before the Byron Nelson um, just to, his self admittedly, you know, saying his, his performance in majors has not been up to par, no pun intended. And I think that's, we would all see that. I mean, the guy he's won what 14 times on tour and he only has one major, you know, the 2017 PGA at Quail Hollow. And uh, that is since it's, that's the only major he won and he played the week before. And he said he got into the r- rhythm where he got, almost got too prepared for majors, where he was peaking the week early because he was at home practicing. He wouldn't play the week before majors, and he was peaking too early. Played last week at Byron Nelson, lit it up. You know, I mean, 23 under, whatever he finished at, to lose by three. Um, but that just shows the way the course was playing. Shoot 23 under. Um, your game's got to be in good shape. And, uh, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking JT's my first name. 
He did that after uh, starting two over through his first like seven holes as well. So he was 25 under the last, what is that, 64 holes, 65 holes? Yeah. Uh, that's that's some golf right there. Um, I got burned by JT. Uh, Augusta, I have never felt more confident in my entire life in, in picking a golfer <laughs> to win any tournament as I was JT going into the Masters. I called it from like last December when it was when it came out that Bones was going to be on the back for him, and I was like, "This is it. This is going to change his changes Major's career." And not that he played that bad at Augusta, but he shot himself out of it the first day, and then he kind of clawed his way back, and and then he really just didn't do anything on Sunday. And you know, I've tried to call the JT shot here for the last year or two and I'm done. I, I've just accepted that I'm not going to be able to do it. Whatever it happens, I'll be happy for him and I'll be there, but I'm not going to be on that boat. I'm, I understand where your head's at, but personally I have sworn off JT and it's why um, my first pick is going to be with his best buddy and okay. that's gonna be boy. And that's Jordan speed. Um, the last two tournaments that you've seen Jordan Spieth play, the Heritage uh, at uh, over in South Carolina at Myrtle Beach uh, or at Hilton Head, and he went out there, was horrible with the putter, and still won. Won a tournament making, quote, zero putts, if you asked him. And then his last tournament, this past week, he finished his second out there at the Byron Nelson. And once again – lost strokes to the field putting. If this guy can figure out how to have a zero putting week, he's going to win. Uh, he is hitting the ball too good not to win. He just has to find a way to have a zero putting week. And I think that you get a course that it's going to be windy. It's going to blow. Um, you're going to have to get creative around the greens. The guy's got a wicked short game and he's striking the ball too good. Big wide fairways. Um, he's hitting the ball now far, still a little bit wild off the tee, but wide fairways won't hurt him. Um, let himself get creative. And yeah, I think that uh, you've got Jordan Spieth going, trying to become the sixth person to ever finish the modern career grand slam. And I think Spieth has an extremely good chance at doing it this week. So that's, that would be my number one. Who you got? Number two. That's good. Here's number two, a little bit under the radar name. Joaquin Neiman. I got Joaquin Neiman. I, um, Strictly for the reason of I love it the way he drives the ball. And when it's windy in a major championship and pressure, somebody that can just fire missiles that run forever um, on that Oklahoma grass, I, I think it could be his week to break through. I mean, it's all about the putter getting hot. Um, he's had good rounds. He's been – hasn't been able to put it all together this year. You know, I, he won uh, Genesis. He, run, he won at Riv earlier in the year. Um, but uh, he'll have a good round and then not, not so good round. It's so, like the game is there. Um, and I think with him not being one of the main names that people are predicting this week, uh, I think he could have a good week. I truly cannot believe that we both came up with, and I would, I wouldn't call him a sleeper because he's, he's in the top, he's in the top 20 there in terms of, of odds coming into the week. But I absolutely love Joaquin Neiman this week. Like, I, once again, wicked short game. You have to have a wicked short game around Riviera. You're going to get yourself into some serious runoff, short-sighted situations. You've got to be able to get – you got to be able to run the ball low on the ground, kind of check in the hill. you got to be able to flop it up, land it, uh, and, and spin it. Like you said, he keeps the ball low in the wind. He hits the ball plenty far enough. 
and you let him get hot with his putter. And I think he's going to, he's going to hit enough greens with his iron game. And that's always going to be there for him. And so it's really going to be, it's going to come down to the question of does his putter get himself hot enough to win. And I think that he's having a solid enough season and it would not surprise me in the least bit to see Joaquin break out and get himself his first uh, career major this week. I, I think that he is a really, really good under the radar type of name that maybe not everyone, not the cat, the casual golf fan would be really surprised. I think if Joaquin won and then the people that the, the diehards, the people that watch it week in week out, like you, if we saw Joaquin Neiman's name at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday, clearly we wouldn't, we wouldn't be surprised. And I don't think a lot of other people would be either. Yeah, I mean, you talk about, you know, Southern Hills, you know, the, the moan areas, the chipping areas around the green. I, I I mean, if you're a golf fan, you saw Joaquin hit the most single most disgusting chip shot off of a tight lie around the green last week at the Byron Nelson. You know, the, the kind of a downhill, side hill lie, full swing, carried it to the green, stopped it on a dime. It was, it was gross. There's so many things that could go wrong there and not much that could go right. And he pers- – execute it to perfection and so yeah i think uh joaquin he's so streaky but when he's on he just he lights it up so i would great minds I, think alike if i had if i was a bet man which sometimes i am um <laughs> i would i would be actually really shocked if you don't see joaquin top 10 day one that guy is going and he does it a lot he likes to really come out on fire at a, a first round and so a first round leader bet, if, if you're a bet man out there or you want to put him in a top five, top 10 position after day one, I think is a really good opportunity of Joaquin day one to come out hot. It's just, does he keep up for four days? So I'm right there with you. Um, I, I love that we're on the same page here. You're thinking the same way. Give me uh, give me number three for you. All right. Number three, probably the most boring pick ever, but I'm going to ride it fall off and that's Scotty Scheffler I mean he has been uh he's been quoted to say that Southern Hills is his favorite golf course um he hits the ball far um talk about the chipping areas as we talked about the closely mown areas um Augusta has a lot of those and he got up and down from everywhere at, at the Masters his wedge game is stupid right now um and if your confidence has to be an all-time high you know, played well last week, didn't have his A game, didn't win. But, I mean, he was still well, well under par. Um, I'm, I'm, he burned me at the Masters. I said, I don't think he can keep it up. And so, he'll probably burn me now. But I'm, I'm, I'm picking Scotty. To, if he wins this week, um, I mean, it'd be the, up there. One of the, maybe getting close to Tiger Slam territory when you talk about, like, greatest single most seasons ever. Um, but, uh, yeah, Scotty Scheffler. We're either going to look really, really smart in a week, Nate, or we're going to look really, really dumb to everybody that is listening to this podcast, because I'm, I I couldn't agree more because Scotty (laughs) is sitting there coming in. He he does not have a bad week. The guy has had, I I believe it is eight straight top tens in majors. The guy plays great in majors. The guy's playing great this season. And I don't want to say Tiger Slam, but I think I mentioned this. I, I want to go back and check the tapes. Um, but I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on our Masters recap after what Scheffler did and after he won Augusta. That this is so similar in my head to the Spieth 2015 breakout in terms of the guy. I mean, he got a couple wins. He runs away with Augusta. And guess what? You, uh, it's kind of like the Kentucky Derby. 
if you don't, there's only one person after the Kentucky Derby that can win the triple crown because you got to win the first one to be able to win the next two. Well, guess what? The only way you can win the career grand slam in a year and, and do the slam that no one's ever done before is you got to win the first one. And this is what happened with speed is he won the masters. And then what did he do? You go out and he won the U S open at chambers bank. And it would not surprise me the least bit. If Scotty Scheffler went out there and got the job done this week at Southern Hills, the guy comes in, his confidence has to be on an absurd high. He gets to come in still under the radar somehow. Um, but with tiger there with Rory playing well, you've got speed going for a career grand slam. You've got all these other storylines coming into it this week. And he gets to just kind of roll his way in world number one, still playing great golf week after week. And bada bing, bada boom. Here you go. You got Scotty Scheffler and he'll be there on Sunday. I can just about guarantee that it's just, can he win again? And I definitely think he can. And I think he's ready for it. I think he's rested. I think his game's sharp enough and clearly he's, he's got the killer mentality and yeah, let's see if he can keep the dream year alive. Yeah, and I mean, you think your Big 12 country, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that's where he's played all of his golf his entire life. So the wind, he probably loves the wind. You know, I mean, the, the, talking to somebody in the Midwest, I mean, they love it because they know if people aren't used to that, they know they have an advantage. And so, uh, yeah, like you said, wide fairways, he can just bomb it. His wedge game is incredible. Best putter in the world this year. Um, yeah, I guess ride the wagon until the wheels fall off. He's top 10 around the greens in this season in the PGA Tour and strokes gain. The guy strikes the ball so well with his irons. I mean, I don't know what there isn't to like about him this week. If, if for whatever reason you don't think Scotty Scheffler is getting the job done um, or you don't think he can win this week, then I just am going to tell you you're flat out wrong. Um, and that or you're just one of the ballsiest people I know because I, I sure as heck can't bet against him right now, and I'm not about to start start doing it at this point with how hot he's on. This is a heater that we haven't seen in a long time. So I'm pumped. I, I want to see how he, he battle, you know, how, how he can kind of back up the performance at Augusta. Um, Cause that's some that we also see is, is do you get that one splash major or do you continue to put yourself in the opportunity for more and more majors? Um, you've seen it before of the guys that they get the splash and then it's like, you never hear from them again in a major championship because they got their one. It was a fluke. Well, I don't think this is a fluke for him. I think he's going to be around for a long time. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I'm pumped to see Scotty. Uh, let's hear, let's hear a name. Who's not going to win. Give me a, a give me a big time name uh, going into this week who will not be raising the Wanamaker. I've been dreading this question. I've been dreading this take the entire time we've been having this great conversation. And I regret to inform our dear listeners but my name is Jordan Spieth. Um, I think the pressure for the career Grand Slam on this week is bigger, I would argue, than anybody else. I wasn't, I wasn't alive for a lot of them, you know, but for anybody else when they're pursuing their the career Grand Slam from that final fourth tournament ever. He's in arguably the biggest first and second round pairing in the history of major championship golf. When you think about Tiger, Rory, and him. Tiger's biggest draw of all time. Rory's the biggest draw of our generation. No post-Tiger. And Jordan Spieth is the most loved American golfer since Tiger. So um, I, all that pressure in that grouping, everybody's talking about it. Career Grand Slam, Career Grand Slam, Career Grand Slam. And um, not saying that he's going to crack under pressure, but I think 
just it's the the Rory effect in the few years after Rory's at Augusta. You know, I, I think that gets to him and just seeing Rory not be able to do it. Um, I think just leaves a bad taste in my mouth to expect the same or to expect different out of Jordan, um, even though different players, different situations. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, just in my gut, I, I, uh, I don't think it's going to be Jordan's week. Um, I think he'll play well. I think he'll make the cut. But of all of the things to add to the pressure cooker that is his brain right now, I, uh, that's my name, Jordan Spieth. Yeah, most people that win the career grand slam, they get it done. I think it's within five tries of going for that fourth major, whatever the, the last one is. They get it within their fifth try of that major after winning the first three, which makes a lot of sense. That the more you keep playing in that one event, the harder and harder it's going to get because that pressure is going to build up more and more for you. And so when you're trying to do it for the eighth, ninth, or tenth try, it's just it, it's almost insurmountable that that type of buildup and that pressure for you. Um, and so he he's approaching that territory. What he won the you won the British in 2017, I believe. So this would be his fifth try to at a PGA trying to go for the career grand slam. I mean, this is you're up there on that on the cusp of the line now. Um, and I I wouldn't be lying if I told you the putting isn't what scares me. I, I mean, the guy seems like every week now he misses like a two foot putt. I, you can't do that in a major championship and expect to win. Uh, it's so. I, I would not, I would be lying if I told you I wasn't scared and I completely understand where your head's at. It, I could just see the writing on the wall. Now Spieth goes out and he has an awesome tournament and he misses some stupid punt late on fr- on Friday or Saturday, and he's going to lose by one or two shots. And you're going to be sitting there. And you're going to be telling your, telling yourself on Sunday evening. What if he makes that punt? I, I could just see the whole picture right here, but I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to ignore that. And I'm going to tell you that he's still going to win. But I, I, I totally understand it. Um, and, and as for me, I, w- I was thinking about going, I, I wouldn't call this safe, but the guy hasn't been playing great. I, I'm surprised that he still finds himself so high up in, in terms of odds, but it, I guess it makes sense when you start looking at who's around him. I was going to go a little bit safer and say Victor Hovland, um, but I, I'm going to go, you wanted to go bold and I'm going to go bold with you. And I'm going to tell you that John Rom's not with. And John Rahm is not getting the job done, and it's purely because of short game. The guy can strike the ball all over the place. He's not going to be able to chip and putt to, enough to be able to win a major championship. I think he's going to make the cut. I think he'll probably get himself a top 20, and but he's not going to win. And uh, until he fin- uh, fixes this short game and then his chipping woes and learns how to putt again and start making those 10, 15-footers that he was making with ease the last year and a half, I'm going to continue to fade him and tell you that he's not going to win. So I, it's one of those things, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Um, John Rum, nope, not getting the job done this week. Yep, I agree with that pick. I mean, yeah, he won in Mexico. What was that a couple of weeks ago? But it wasn't. It wasn't uh, from short game brilliance. It was also a joke of a. It was a joke of a field too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A glorified corn fairy field, and he just went in and was able to hit the ball better than everybody. Where he could have. He could have putted left-handed that week and had a good shot, which is how well he hits the ball. Nobody's denying one of the best ball strikers in the world, if not the. But uh, just, yeah, when it comes down to that major pressure, you got to be able to get an up and down from everywhere. And definitely have not seen that um, this week from him or this year from him. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. I 
maybe I'm proven wrong. Maybe we look dumb and you're going to look up at the leaderboard. It's going to be, it's going to be a playoff of John Rahm, Jordan Spieth and John Rahm's going to win. And so then I don't win. And then we both looked up because our picks of not to win are just right there in a playoff. It wouldn't surprise me the least bit because you know what, this is golf. And as uh, one of my favorite golf media people, personalities to follow, Kyle Porter says normal sport. It's just a normal sport. <laughs> um. But before we get up and, and get out of here, you said that you're you're going out to the PGA this week. I believe this is your first ever uh, PGA tournament. Is that correct? It is correct. Uh, the only other professional golf tournament I've been to, um, is, been to two others. We used to have uh, when it was uh, the web.com and even the nationwide tour. Um, what the Corn Ferry Tour is now used to have a stop in Omaha. It, it still does have a stop in Omaha, but it was at a different course. Um, about 10 years ago. And so went there a couple of years and then went to the U S senior open when it was at Omaha country club. Um, that was also coming on 10 years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, first time at a PGA tour tournament, let alone a major, let alone a weekend. And so, uh, I'm fired up and Kylie, I know that you've been to a, a few different professional tournaments. I think you've been to sawgrass, a few others. You were just at a corn fairy event, you know, a couple of weeks ago, tell me, teach me. Sensei, what do I need to do? I mean, it, it's great because there are some do's and don'ts that I've I've learned. I've been to I've, I've been to a couple of practice rounds at Augusta, but in terms of actual tournament rounds, I've been to I went to a Friday at the U.S. Open. I've been to a Saturday at a PGA. Um, the U.S. Open, I went at Congressional when Rory won. The PGA, I did at um, Atlanta Athletic Club when Keegan won. And then uh, I I've been to a handful of Corn Ferries as, as well. And I went to uh, Sawgrass on Sunday, the year that Rory won there. And so I, I've been to a handful and there are, there are definitely do's and don'ts. And I think it changed. It depends on, on the days that you're there in terms of what you want to force yourself to do. Um, you have the great fortune of being able to go for multiple days in a row, which I have not done myself in terms of being able to go back to back. So if you're there for one day at a tournament, it's, it is such a, you're trying to feel like you're, you're sprinting a marathon and it's really, really hard because and on one hand, you want to see all these players and you want to follow somebody and you want to go see the Tiger and you want to go see the Jordan or the Rory or you want to go see the Brooks Kepka, whoever. You want to go see them and you want to watch them for multiple holes. Well, if you do that, you're cutting your time down significantly of what you can do the rest of the time while you're there. And so it's hard because you also want to see the whole course. And so for, for someone like you in your position of being able to go for two days, I, I think the best way you can do it is – on Saturday, especially, I would sit there and I would pick a group in the morning um, when you get there. And I would just look at the T-sheet. I'd say, all right, this is who I want to follow. And I don't I wouldn't make it a big group. Go find somebody on the T-sheet that you're like, I know this guy. Make it like a Maverick McNeely, somebody that he's a name that, you know, or whoever someone intrigues you, because maybe it's a cam champ. You want to go see him hit the ball 304 yards. I don't know it's what you're interested in. And follow that group for 18 holes. Start on one, just see them on the first tee and just walk it and just see the course. And then the rest of the afternoon, you can just kind of post up. You can you can go sit around a few spots. And also while you're walking the course, think about what areas of the course that you like and are exciting. So look at look at a par three that you think you can get a good viewing spot at. Uh, maybe a drivable par four that you can go uh, stand up by the green or a par five that, that people are going to go for. Something where you're going to get to see different types of shots um and, and that's why i think a drivable par four is probably about the best because you can watch a drive come in you can see him chip putt 
uh, you get to see a lot of different aspects of the game. And on Sunday, that's exactly what I would do. Maybe you watch a group in the morning, um, but once you start getting in the afternoon, go post up and, and go sit there in your spot and you say, hey, this is this is where I want to sit and I'm going to watch all 20, 30 groups, however many it is. I'm going to see all of them come through. And you just kind of watch the whole field come in. And once the leaders go, assuming you're not picking a hole that's like hole 16, which there's nothing wrong with that, but say you're picking a hole around like 12. Once a leader comes, comes in, you can get up and you can walk yourself over to the end of the tournament. You can go watch or go, go post up on 16, 17 or 18. And then you can kind of see the end of the tournament from there. So on Sunday, it's really hard. You're looking at your phone. You're trying to see what the leaderboards going and what people are doing. It's why if I had to rank it, I say Friday is the best day to go. You get to see everybody in the field. Um, and everyone's been, been in the course of the whole tournaments of the sw- uh, swing. So I say Friday is the best. I think Saturday is the second best. I would say Sunday is the third. And, and then Thursday, I would probably say is the fourth. And as weird as it sounds to be like, how is Sunday not your, your favorite day to go? Well, you feel like you miss a lot. You feel like you miss all the buildup that gets you to those leaders. So, but it, it also depends on how the course work, the tournament works itself out. If you get a, like a two man horse, and people are just two guys are running away with it down the back nine. You're not missing a lot because you can go watch that group and kind of feel that. Um, but it's if you look there and you've got 15 people within three shots of the lead on the back nine on Sunday, you're really going to feel like you're missing a lot. So that, that's why I would say Sunday is not as high in my head. But, yeah, that, that's kind of how I would do it. If, if you pick your group, you get to see the whole course, how it's built, one to 18. And, and then Sunday you post up and you get to see the whole field come in. And that way, so you get to see all the golfers. Yeah, it's great. Great insights. My hope is that, yeah, get a big name or somebody. Yeah, Saturday, hopefully they tee off way early. You know, whoever that may be. Yeah, follow them, plop. That's There we go. I think we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we got you back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, about to get a, you're about to get at least some big name probably making the cut on the number, and you can just you can go pick them. And then, honestly, that's a really good opportunity just to see – whoever they get paired with and you get to go watch, a, you're probably going to see a name that you've never heard of before and you get to see what their game's like. And it's going to blow your mind because you're going to sit there and be like, how have I never heard of this guy? He hits the ball so freaking good. And then you're going to realize that the guy's ranked 120th in the world. And you're going to feel really, really bad about yourself because you're going to be like, Oh my God, this is 120th ranked golfer in the world. And this guy, I've never heard of him before. And he hits the ball that good. And you're going to feel pretty stupid, but it, it's pretty funny. So, um, it's special. You're going to have such a, such a good time out there. Um, atmosphere is great. People love golf, Oklahoma people. They love golf. It's, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be roaring. And I do hope for your sake, you get to see tiger. And I will say this about a tiger, especially go, go five, five or six holes ahead and go up by the green somewhere and, and just like wait for him to come through that's the only way you're going to be able to do it with tiger because otherwise there's going to be 20 people and you're not going to be able to see them. So you go post up, you wait, have to wait an hour. And then you just kind of watch as the, he gets closer and closer and that you're going to just turn around. You're going to be like, when did 20 more people get behind me? <laughs> right. Yeah. It'll be great, man. It'll be just hope he makes the weekend. That'll be, yeah. Be monumental. Thing. I may have to buy some more iCloud space for the amount of photos and videos I'm going to take, but uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be awesome. A name for your listeners, our listeners to pay attention to Ryan Vermeer. He is a PGA professional. Um, he's been 
played, he's, uh, was kind of, I took some lessons from his partner, um, uh, in high school. So I know him, um, he's a local pro here in, uh, in the Omaha area. He's played really well. He's qualified. I think this is the fourth, um, PGA championship he's qualified for. And so just a little Omaha hometown guy there. Um, hopefully I know he, he was the low professional, um, when Brooks won at Beth page, um, a few years ago. And so, uh, hopefully he can repeat that again this year, um, and make the cut. Uh, but, uh, just a little, just a little Omaha plug in there for you. You love seeing those PGA pros make the cut. It's always, it's a cool thing for them. And, and you know, they love it. So I, I think that's one of the more unique things about it. Cause I mean, yes, these guys are technically professionals, but in all honesty, I, I think it's almost more impressive than what, than when some of these amateurs make the cut because these amateurs are out there grinding day after day. And if you're a golf fan out there and you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to guess you probably understand this pretty well. Uh, you, those pros are not out there every day. They're, you're not getting to practice their golf every single day. And it just makes them making a cut that much more impressive of how good of a golfer they are without being able to get anywhere near the practice time the rest of the field is. So that's pretty cool. Um, we, we wish you safe travels, my friend. I, we cannot wait to, uh, to get the report. You're going to have to fill me in on a lot of it. I'm going out on a, uh, on a boys bachelor trip this weekend. I'm going to be catching a lot of, uh, 2:30 AM highlight reruns of the PGA, uh, late at night. It's going to be totally okay with me, but, uh, it'll be a little bit different normal viewing experience for me. Probably won't see a lot of it live, but, but we'll get, we'll get the whole rerun. We'll get, We'll get all of your thoughts and opinions next week and what you think of the course. And uh, we look forward to it and, and recapping in, uh, in what this is Tuesday night as we're recording. So a little more than uh, 96 hours. So we're going to have a, uh, we're going to have somebody raising a Wanamaker trophy and we're going to see if it's a repeat champion, a new champion. It might be a first time winner ever. Who knows? It's, it's the PGA. Some weird things happen. Jimmy Walker won a PGA championship. Who knows? <laughs> Y.E. Yang beat Tiger Woods. Y.E. Yang, you're right. It can happen. It just takes out yep. a week. So I'm excited. But, nope, we appreciate it. We'll let you get on out of here. Great having you back on, man. And, uh, yeah, we'll, let's do this back in a week and, and recap this. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Hit him straight this weekend. And, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure being here. Much appreciated. All right, everyone.